Mark Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. Nikaq de Masnu, Dukhe Dil Ka Marham. Nikaq de Masnu, Dukhe Dil Ka Marham. Ye Farma Gaye. Hai Rasool-e-Mukarram ye farma gaye Hai Rasool-e-Mukarram Ye shadi hai beshak Muhabbat ka zina Ye shadi hai beshak Muhabbat ka zina Baharon ki aamad Sabaka tarannum Baharon ki aamad Sabaka tarannum نکاق دے مسنو دکھے دل کا مرہم یہ فرما گئے ہے رسول مکرم Six minutes after 11 South African time Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Ahalan wa sahalan wa marhaban bikum Tuesday morning on our program, The Bliss of Marriage. Haji Suleiman Esop is my beloved engineer this morning. He says, Malana, it's a beautiful Tuesday morning on our program, The Bliss of Marriage. Arafat is here. Haji Suleiman Esop is the engineer. How's that? Arafat is here. I will be with you from now till 12 o'clock, inshallah. How are you guys doing? Come on, my wonderful, beloved mummies, sisters in Islam, brothers in Islam, daddies, children in Islam. How are you guys doing early this beautiful morning? I know you guys are tuning in. I know you guys are listening to uh, Marqa Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah. Well, Jama'a, if you are with me, just send me a message. And say what Haji Suleiman is up. I am tuning into Marqa Sahaba. I like that one. I like it. I like it, Haji Suleiman is up. I want to welcome our wonderful listeners of uh, Sirius FM, Haji Faisal Asmal and Hafiz Yusuf Asmal and company. And uh, I want to welcome our wonderful listeners of Marqa Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah. Well, Jama'ah. Well, today is the 7th of Jumad al-Ula, 14.45, which is also the 21st of November, 2023. As Haji Suleiman Esop was telling me, says, Molana, Ramadan. I think it's plus minus 100 and something days left. Yeah, he says, Molana, it's almost about four months left, about 100 and something days left for the beautiful, blessed month of Ramadan. Uh, if you have any questions, come on, my wonderful listeners, 084-786-3132. 084-786-3132. International overseas listeners, plus 2784-786-3132. Before we welcome uh, our beloved, honorable, respected Fadila to Ustad, Hazrat Mulana Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein Hafidhullah. I don't know if Ustad has um, uh, any, he say, G, 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 Mulana, we have, we have breaking news uh, from our beloved brothers and sisters in Gaza, in Palestine. Ustad, it's a beautiful Tuesday morning. Welcome to the Bliss of Marriage. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Ustad. Wa alaykum as-salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feekum wa arafat. Jazakallahu khayran. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasulil kareem. Amma ba'd. All praise is due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Day 46, Qatar to unveil details of truce within hours. Two soldiers killed in Gaza. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Qatar will publish details of hostage release agreement on Tuesday according to sources involved in negotiation. IDF attacks Hezbollah targets in Lebanon, but they're not saying that Hezbollah attacked them in Galilee and other places. We call them Hezbollah Shaitan. So anyway, that if they're attacking Israel, we say Alhamdulillah. 
Police arrest seven suspects for involvement in violent clashes and inciting terrorism in East Jerusalem. It's laughable when the Jutla's Haramis, super-terrorists, use the word terrorism when they are committing the greatest atrocities. They murdered 12 people, some of them children, in the Indonesian hospital yesterday. Chances of Gaza hostage deal grow thanks to change of direction by Hamas and Israel. Now, yeah, these are all from here, right? So we must remember from the Haaretz newspaper. Let's give you some news. You must remember from our people. You must remember that is from the, uh, you know, Palestinian Chronicle or Al-Quds. And here and there, the context we have (coughs) in Palestine. So the news they are sending out, we should remember. So number one, they say that is that Israel has lost so many people and obviously they are trying to hide it and so forth. And one of the biggest generals or whatever, that and Netanyahu, who's like trusted person, he was killed by the, by the Muslims, by the Palestinians. So that's a big, big knock and a great, great shock for them. You must remember for the Jutlas, the Haramis. Second one is this, they're speaking about this is something you must remember they speak about tunnels tunnels you must remember under Shifa hospital you know Ehud Barak Ehud Barak was one of their prime ministers previously so he said that Israel dug up those tunnels how you like that Israel dug up those tunnels and then the host the CNN and them were all shocked they didn't know what to say so you must remember that so that is the second issue listen to the third one you know that these people have murdered thousands, five, six thousands of children there in Gaza and so forth. So last night, according to Palestinian sources, they came and they stole and they exhumed about 120, 125 bodies of these babies and children and so forth. Why? Either for two, three reasons. Either they will use it for organ harvesting, you know, because they can sell the limbs and the parts and all that these harami super terrorists. Or either they, they know they are going to be charged and indicted by the ICC and by others as well. So we must remember they will burn the faces make it like beyond recognition and say that these are our children who the Palestinians you must remember bombed and killed and so forth these are Jutlas Haramis the worst worst things they will try and do so they can play that they are the victim and not the aggressor and so forth or third they will want to beg for world sympathy and so forth and so on so that is you should know all this the mainstream media does not mention these things yeah but it is our duty that we have to mention all this we have to name the jutlas name them shame them and nail them because you must remember even the truth you must remember that they're speaking about is after they knew that they are losing now and there are so many casualties and fatalities in the israeli army and defense force and so forth therefore they're coming down and now they know that we better go into a truce otherwise remember that we will lose more people and the army there will be a mutiny and so forth so that's from there another two three important news here in Lanesia a very very sad story those of you who are in Lanesia or you come here frequently and you visit our graveyard the Lanesia cemetery Avalon cemetery call it what you want to the old graveyard because we have a new one also so one of our brothers who was in charge there, he took permission from the city parks and everything. He did everything legally, and they dug up 15 graves. Yes. So our student, our alim, remember, he served the community with distinction. Moana Abdullah Saeed passed away on Sunday. So he was buried there in one of those 15, and he was a person who served the LMA for about 34, 35 years, and he served the masjid there in Lanesia South for 28, 30 years. Allah Jalla Wala grant him Jannat al-Firdaus al-A'la, grant his family Sabri Jamil. So now there were 14 other graves that were open. So the non-Muslims came and they closed it and so forth. So out of spite, you must remember that, our brothers took permission and it's not in their part, it's on our side and so forth. 
So the brother sent out a message that you must remember we could reopen it because we did everything, you understand, legally. There was nothing done underhand and so forth and illegal. So therefore, we need to be vigilant everywhere. You must remember that people will try and make us the guilty party when they themselves are the guilty party. And the last one will be, you must remember, many people are saying now we have to register for voting and so (laughs) forth. Must you vote? Mustn't you vote at all? So among the great, great ulama also, that there was some difference of opinion. Hazrat Mufti Muhammad Shafi Sahib Rahimahullah wrote, if you feel that there will be some benefit, then you can vote. You know, even in India, Pakistan, Hazrat Mufti Muhammad Sahib, all of them wrote this kind of fatawa. So these are the great, great senior ulama of the ummah. And if you feel you don't want to vote, so that also many ulama advocate that and so forth. So all said and done. So if you're going to vote or you want to register and so forth, our advice will be that you should always make istikhara, read the simple dua, Allahumma khirli wa khtarli. O Almighty Allah, you select the best for me and you choose for me. End of the day, in South Africa, I can't say there is any one party that we can really trust with. We all know they all got the hidden agenda and some ulterior motive. Either they corrupted to the core, either they pro-Israel, pro-Zionist, or either you must remember they are just there to use Islam's name for their own agenda and so forth and so on. So that is what we see and that is what we know definitely. So therefore it is a matter that you must decide and then you make your decision. Amin, 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 summa amin. Well, it's exactly now um, 16 minutes after 11 South African time. Let's go to overseas, Ustad. A listener says, I want to know according to the Islamic Sharia and as per Hanafi Madhab, if a couple have been divorced and have a son and a daughter aged 5 and 6 years old, then at what age does the father get full custody for both the kids, Ustad? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. If the husband and wife, their marriage turned sour and now the divorce took place and the son, daughter are five, six years old, so all that custody, all that, remember, will be by the mother. All the expenses must be paid by the biological father. And if he doesn't pay, you must go to your court today, wherever you are in Britain or London or United States of America or wherever, and remember that you must charge him and so forth. And remember, according to Hanafis, when the boy is seven years old, your son, then the custody will go to the father. And when the daughter is 10 years old, some say 10, some say 11, so just say 10, 11 years old, then the custody will go to the mother, to the father, for the daughter. But remember that is the custody going to the father for the son and for the daughter is when? When he himself is a practicing Muslim, if he doesn't read Salat, he reads sometimes, doesn't read, and he goes casino, or he's committing adultery, Allah forbid, or, for example, he's on drugs and alcohol and so forth, so then he gets disqualified, you must remember that, and then you must remember that then you can fight it and say that, no, I will keep custody and so forth. So it's not just blanket permission, at the age of seven, your son must go to the father at the age of 10 or 11 then it must go the daughter must go to the father and so forth you must remember there are conditions attached to it so that's one Two, regarding the expenses. So for the daughter, he must keep on paying all her expenses, which are necessary according to Islam, right till the day she gets married. So this is incumbent, mandatory, compulsory upon him. Regarding the son, he must keep on paying till he's 15, 16 years old, and thereafter what payments he makes for the son, his biological son, that is the barru and ihsan, he is doing a favor to the son. So these are the things that you must remember and the last point 
when you have custody, then you must allow him, the father of the children, visitation rights. And when he has got custody, he must allow you visitation rights. You can have it at a neutral venue and so forth. So there's no interaction between you, the ex-wife, and the ex-husband. So these are factors that you should know, and both parties need to do things for the benefit and welfare of the children, and don't do stupid things and foolish things to spite you. You you make the children suffer mm-hmm. because you want, you must remember, the mother to suffer, uh, to spite the mother, or the mother does things to spite the father of the children. That is foolishness and not permissible in Islam. Subhanallah. Hussain, let's go to Abu Dhabi. What's the masla pertaining to making nikah? With slave girls, anonymous who started. So you must remember that question is irrelevant. There's no slaves in the world today, which we call Islamic slaves. You must remember that. If, for example, you must remember there was Islamic law. So let's say now we just take this here. One side we have Hamas. One side we have the Jutlas, the Jutlis. You must remember that. And if you want to apply Islamic law, so remember then Hamas have some of these women, some of these men, and so forth. So they have five options. Option number one, Al-Qatl. You can kill them, totally permissible Islamically. Second one is, Mannam Badu wa Imma Fida'an. Mannam Badu, you free them free of charge. Or third one, they pay a ransom, and whatever ransom both parties agree on, and then they get their freedom. And the fourth one will be Mubadalatul Usara. That's what they're doing now. We will give you five of yours. You must give us ten of ours. Or the other way around. That they must give five and you give ten. Or it will be equal, equal. So all this, according to negotiations, you must remember. So that option also is acceptable. And remember, the last one is Istirqaq. You take them as your slaves. So when you have a wife, so you pay the mahar, you must remember. So the marital gift is mahar, the word, remember that. And the marital, to translate it as dowry, and that is incorrect. That got Christian connotation. So the proper Islamic translation will be the the marital gift, the marital gift. So that when you get married, then you pay the mahar, 500 rand, 500 dollars, 1,000 rand, whatever, 22, 23,000 rand, mahar-e-fatimi, that so that is because you're going to take istimta benefit from the wife and so forth from a private part and so forth and when you have remember slave then you are the owner of that lady from head to toe you must remember that so the question of nikah does not come in you must remember because when you buy the cow the milk comes worse so similarly when you own her so remember then you don't have to perform nikah go open chapter 23 surah mu'minun and see what quran kareem states walladheena hum lifurujim hafizun so you must guard your private part except with your wives so you perform nikah or what your right hand earn, earn or, or, or this thing possesses then meaning you have female slaves for example then you can fulfill your desires and your lust with her and so forth then there's no blame upon you so either you have a wife or you have a amma. But there's no female slave today in the world or male slave for that matter. So that's an academic discussion. Read chapter 23, verses 4, 5, 6, 7, all that, and you will find it there. Somebody says, Honorable Mufti Sab, this is off the topic, but please advise. My daughter who has never been to Mecca wants to take us parents for Umrah. She has saved money for the past three years and wanted to go since she was small. Is it okay to go, Ustad? So if you want to go first time, we won't tell you no. Go, mashallah. But obviously that you and your mother, the wife, the mother of the daughter and daughter go. So that is fine. So but where is she getting the money from? That's a big issue. If she's working in a bank, if she's working somewhere, so and then she has to interact, you must remember, with men and so forth, compromise on her salat, compromise on her dressing and attire. So that type of income is tainted and polluted. So you must remember that. So from Masla point of view, your daughter is saving money. And you must remember, she wants to take her, she wants to go, she needs a mahram, so she'll take her parents with. 
till there is fine but remember the question we need to ask is what money and what money is she receiving so if she is going to work outside and compromise all these things here as I mentioned so then that income is not even permissible so you must remember that and it's tainted and polluted so therefore you should think properly about all these issues a listener says, Ustad, is nail polish permissible only to look nice for my husband? Remember, Muftisab, I'm doing it for him. Ustad. So it doesn't mean that you do anything for your husband then automatically it becomes permissible. So all Matya Allah, Jalla wa sent Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to teach us Quran Karim stage Surah 16, Surah Nahal Dabi, verse 44, وَأَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الذِّكْرَ We reveal to you, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the reminder, لِتُبَيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ You see, tonight, for example, the Jamaat, Tablik Jamaat will say, there's a bayan in the masjid. That's an explanation. One is tabiyin. Tabiyin means to explain in detail. So he, Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah explains the whole deen to you in detail. Manuzila ilayhim, what has been revealed for them piecemeal gradually. Wala Allahum yatafakkarun, and so that they wonder, ponder, and reflect in it. Go open Ibn Majah, go open Mishka Sharif, you will find this is authentic hadith. La ta'atali makhlukin fi ma'asyatil khaliq. That there is no obedience to any creation, whether it's husband, whether it's parents, whether it's a teacher, whether it's peer sub, sheikh sub, whoever it is, remember that when it leads to a sin against the creator. So now let's, when you understood that, now let's come to the issue you are asking. You are the wife, you want to put nail polish. I'm asking you, you know majority of this nail polish today, either the ingredients is not permissible or either the water does not go and seep through it and so forth. So your hudu is not valid, then your gusal is not valid. You say, no, that I will only put the nail polish when you are in your menses. So still is not permissible. Why? If you die like that, then how will they give gusal to you? That they can't go do scraping and all these kind of things. Yeah. Second one, why you want to do all this? Because Muslims today, male and female and children, majority, 80-90%, they suffer from a complex, inferiority complex. In their hearts and minds, it is entrenched and embedded that the West is the best and white is right. What is Islamic that you won't do? What is kufr things, non-Muslim things that we want to do? Why you don't apply henna? Why you don't apply mehendi? Why you don't apply that which Islam encouraged? Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa encouraged that. So what Islam taught us, that we neglect and we abandon. What the kuffar culture, you will see the ladies, anywhere you go, sometimes we have to pay money by the toll road and so forth, the lady is there, and then you will see they got big, big nail polish, big, big nails, long, long nails, and they got all this nail polish and what have you and all that. Since when all this is permissible for Muslim ladies, totally haram it is. So we must be very, very careful and circumspect respect in that regard and to come with this feeble excuse no I'm doing it for my husband since when if you do it for your husband does it become permissible <coughs> when you are violating and infringing on the sharia in the process so if the husband tells you cut your hair so does it mean you, it's permissible to cut your hair your husband tells you do oral business then all that it will become permissible all that all haram all these things yeah. so you need to know that all this are all feeble excuses listen understand this question the brother says see muftisab from my wife's account my dad hugged her and kissed her and used the words my darling out of sympathy of having to put up with me would this invalidate my nikah i will never know if there was any sexual intention who started so you must remember that a question like this you must remember is best you go all three parties you, your wife, and your father, you'll go to your local ulama or jamiyats and so forth and so on. This is called hurmat musahara. So therefore, in this day and this age, we, I told you a hundred times this masla, I told you all in this day and this age, we will encourage, you must remember, the father-in-law to make just salam to the daughter-in-law. 
verbally. And if you want, then you just shake the hand of the daughter-in-law. Daughter-in-law, just shake the hand of the father-in-law. But you must remember this hugging, embracing, that in this day and this age, we say it's best that you just abstain because too many things happen nowadays. Similarly, the other way around, son-in-law and mother-in-law. Best you just make salam to one another. And if you want to go to the next step, that is you just shake hands, so that is fine also. But this embracing and a hugging and so forth, we will tell you you must abstain. So yeah, there are many conditions and mm. so forth. So best is you go to your local ulama. I will just give you the... I'm not giving a masla regarding this issue here. I'm just giving you the general thing so you'll understand. So this is called hurmat musahara. See, you can't marry your own mother, you can't marry your own father, biological. It's common sense, right? So you must remember that because of nasab. Nasab means that this is your father, this is your mother, this is your son, that is your daughter. So then you can't marry because of hurmat radaat That is, a lady, she breastfed you. So you can't marry her. So you must remember, and if she got children and so forth, you, the son, that you were breastfed by ABC lady, that ABC lady got daughters, so you cannot marry her daughters, nor can you marry her. So that is that. Next one is that wa umma hatu nisaikum hurmat musaharat. You can't marry your mother-in-law, even if your wife passes away before that. So you and your mother-in-law, this will always be no parda, no hijab, and so forth. So we must be clear on this issue. So in a case like this, you must remember that if the father-in-law hugged, you must remember, embrace the daughter-in-law. And if they were shahwa, desire, this, this, and all these type of things, then Hanafi ulama say that the marriage is broken. Whose marriage is broken? The son's marriage is broken to his wife. And la yajtami ani abada. And then you can't combine with them. You can't reconcile all these things. Only Hanafi ulama say that. Shafi'is, Malikis, Hanbalis will say in a case like that, the marriage is still valid of the son and his wife. And remember, but for the father-in-law and daughter-in-law, you must keep them separate. You must remember because one thing can lead to another. Another, and we know in this day and this age, I know of instances where people told me that the son-in-law impregnated the mother-in-law and so forth and so on. Or the father-in-law is taking advantage and he's busy with the daughter-in-law and so forth. Again, I reiterate, I'm not giving the fatwa for this particular issue. For your particular issue, I'm telling you, you better go there to your jamiyats or local ulama and all parties must be present. And because certain things, we have to ask many questions. And or go to the darulums and so forth, if you can't find anybody really suitable. And I just gave you the overview of the whole thing, how the principles work and how the laws work regarding hurmat and musahara. Hanafi say yes in this case here if there was some form of desire and lust and passion then the son's daughter, uh, son's nikah to that lady there will break and remember that and they can't reconcile in future but majority scholars say the nikah is still valid. Ustad, somebody says here, please can you let me know the Islamic reason why men and women should be separated at weddings, nikah, receptions. Is there a hadith to this effect? Is it sunnah? A rivet sister will start from escort. It's compulsory. It's not sunnah. It's compulsory. You must remember that you, my sister, go and read Surah 24, Surah Nisa, uh, sorry, Surah Nur, Surah 24, Surah Nur. That chapter is so important for you, my sister, to read it. Surah 24, chapter 24, Surah Nur, the radiance, the effulgence, the light, and it comprises 64 verses, okay? So in Surah chapter 24, verses 30, 31, all Allah teaches us, you, Ya Rasulullah, sallallahu sallam, tell the believing man, yaghuddum and absorbihim, they must lower their gazes, wa yahfazu furujahum, and they must protect their private path. 
And the next verse is mentioned for the lady separately. So Allah Ta'ala wants both parties to be clear on this issue. وَقُلْ لِلْمُؤْمِنَاتِ يَغْدُدْنَ مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِنَّ وَيَحْفَذْنَ فُرُوجَهُنَّ You, the Muslim ladies, you must lower your gazes and then protect your private parts and so forth. Islam does not allow that we have a place where we can see one another and so forth. Why? Because سَهَمٌ مِنْ سِحَامِ إِبْلِيسِ Mustafa Rasulullah said, when you allow the men to look at the woman, they'll be staring at them and so forth. This is one of the poisonous arrows of Satan, of Shaitan and Lucifer, the Hadith in Kanjul Ummal. Hadith in Ibn Majah, Mishkat Sharif, Mustafa sallallahu said, when the men can look at the women, the woman can look at the men and so forth. Allahu nazira wal manzur Both parties become cursed by Almighty Allah. One for looking, the other one for exposing himself or herself and so forth. So therefore, normally the men will look more at the woman so therefore both parties therefore we say the TV is totally haram you got the Molvi sub there the Sheikh there and all that and the women are looking at him so how can that be justified mm. when you got the woman presenter and actor and actress and Allah alone knows what presenter so now the men are looking at her and you know when they go on TV even the Maulanas they have to go they dark in complexion but they have to put some paint and makeup and all that sometimes the person's name is Saul and he has to use some Zol also you know <laughs> so you must remember all these kind of things there yeah? to look fair in complexion you must remember that so all this haram activities there yeah? so you must know that sister so I gave you this verse you must read it properly I'm repeating Surah 24 and verses 30-31 and second one you must remember go to Surah 33 Surah 33 Surah Ahzab, the parties, the coalition, verse 59, and see what Almighty Allah states. Ya yuan Nabi, O Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, kulli azwajik, tell your honorable wives, wa banatik, your beloved daughters, wa nisa'il mu'mineen, the believing men, then you must tell their women, our wives, our daughters, sisters, nieces, mothers, that you yudnina alayhinna min jalabibihin, they must wear the parda, the hijab, the niqab, the face cover, all that is compulsory. And then look at the last one, Surah 33, verse 33. And you must remember that Quran Karim states, what away is the place of the woman? What is the law for Muslim woman? You must stay glued to your houses. So your place is at home. All this gallivanting every day, go here, go here, go here, absolutely haram. Then, in the same verse, Quran says, Surah 33, verse 33, If and when you have to go outside, somebody is ill or somewhere you have to go, it need necessity, then don't go and expose your beauty. Now take the very examples you are giving. You are saying you have to go for a nikah, for a marriage. You have to go for a walima. You have to go for reception. There's no such thing in Islam as reception. That is another kafir, non-Muslim custom that we have brought in. You must remember that. You say, no, that the boy's side, there'll be walima, and the girl's side will be reception. So all that is from our own side we brought these things there. <laughs> so anyway, it's not sunnat or something. So anyway, walima is sunnat, yes. So anyway, the point I'm making here is this that now you know you my sister if I ask you honestly and you give me an honest answer you put a hundred women Muslim women and it is a marriage it is reception is walima how will they dress I'm asking you 80%, 90% will dress to kill. They'll be dolled up, you must remember. If you go to a very smart posh nikah and that, you will find the chairs and all that got parda and they got some covering. Sometimes the ceiling also got covering. Mm. But the 60%, 70% of the ladies, even their hair is not covered. Leave the face and all these kind of things there. So you must remember, therefore Islam says, all this intermingling, al-ikhtilat, bain al-rijal wa nisa there's intermingling between male and female totally haram now let's juxtapose and just draw a comparison non-muslim system is what first you look at one another 
Then you smile with one another. Then you make eye contact with one another. Then you shake a hand with one another. And then you exchange the cell numbers with one another. Then you have tea and coffee with one another. And then you know where all that leads to. Right to the bedroom. You can't put butter next to the stove and expect nothing to happen, sister. Mm. So Islam nips it in the bud. It cuts it in the roots and says, Wala taqrabu zina. Do not even have physical contact with them. You can't shake hands with opposite gender when they are strangers. And you can't be looking at them and so forth. So Islam promotes a pure and a chaste society. And a non-Muslim system, they provide, you must remember, and promote a society that where you have Adam and Eve, Adam and Steve, Madam and Eve, bestiality, get busy, busy with children, get busy with animals, certain countries already allowing that. So that is why Islam will always show you the best way and the natural way. I've got Abby Ustad. <clears throat> she says, Abby here, AK, can you believe it? After giving my colleagues your answer about Palestine. So now most of my friends at work are not talking to me and giving me a cold shoulder. I didn't know my colleagues are supporting Israel. Can you believe it, AK? Thank you, God, for showing me who are my true friends. Please pray for me. AK, Ustad. Thank you, my sister. You mm. made my day for Allah me today. Mm. Sister, I teach you two lessons. You must make a note of it, right, my sister? You say we must pray for you. 100% we pray for you. But I want to teach you something of life, the realities of life. So Quran Karim teaches us in chapter 103. And that chapter is very short. There are only three verses. So Almighty Allah takes an oath on time. Time is a great teacher. Anything you do is time-related. You get married, time will say whether it's good or bad. You bought a car, time will tell you it's good or bad. You bought a laptop and that. So anything is time-related. That human beings, they will be in disaster failure. But Allah didn't create us for failure. But majority people will still be failures. So if we want to be successful, my sister Abby, we have to bring four qualities. We have to believe. Believe from the inner recesses of our heart in Islam, in the Quran, the direct speech of Almighty Allah, the noble Quran, the Quran Sharif. And we have to believe in the Sunnah Mubarakah, teaching, preaching of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. So you must remember that and the articles of faith and so forth. That's number one. And then to enhance this faith and conviction, continue with your good deeds and actions. But my sister Abby, Islam is not for individuals. Islam is for the whole world. So third function, that's what we are doing now, that we invite people to the truth. So when we gave you the answer, and now the answer is very bitter for them to accept because you put them in a corner. They can't answer this question. Israel, Jutlas, Haramis are the super terrorists, murderers, baby killers. Every title you can give them. And they're guilty of genocide, crimes against humanity, ethnic cleansing, and war criminals they are. So everyone you can use. You must remember that. So invite people to the truth. But when people are invited to the truth or you speak the truth, then they feel feel and get upset. So therefore, what Allah so be sabr. Then invite one another towards patience and endurance. So therefore, (laughs) that is Quran Sharif, the direct speech of Almighty Allah, chapter 103. And in the hadith, in the sunnah, the teaching, preaching of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So remember that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi peace be upon him, told Abu Zar radiallahu an, Qulil haqqa, speak the truth, walau kana murra, even though the truth is very, very bitter. So that's what you did. And now, so they weren't your friends. They had a hidden agenda and they were using you. And now when you told them the truth, you must remember that now they want to backstab you and so forth. So you can, And the hadith is authentic, mentioned in Muslim Ahmed. So always remember that. We make dua. One day you will say, my sister Abby, make me Muslim now and now. Allah. And that is what we are waiting for. And you must keep on listening and beg Allah to show you what is the truth. Allahu Akbar. 17 minutes to 12. Don't go away, my wonderful listeners. Stay tuned. Serving our Muslim nation. This is Marcus Sahaba Online Radio.
صوت أهل السنة والجماعة صوت مركز الصحابة Well, it's uh, 14 minutes uh, to 12. You are tuning in, listening to the bliss of marriage. Fadilatul Ustad Hazrat Mulana Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein, Hafidahullah, and of course myself, Arafat bin Ibrahim Hatia. Ustad, uh, what's uh, our latest breaking news in Gaza, Ustad? Alhamdulillah, Bismillah, Rahman, Rahim. Our brothers from Hamas are still shooting some rockets, missiles, whatever you want to call it, projectiles, there into Israel. And everybody, everything is a legitimate target. We should know that. Second, one you know that Israel has recalled his ambassador from South Africa there because they knew he will be fired you know in life that when you know you're going to be fired from a job then it's better to resign so similarly they knew that he's going to be expelled from South Africa so they said no we're recalling him for consultations but they knew that they get inside information that he was supposed to be expelled and today you must remember South Africa Cyril and them are chairing an extraordinary joint meeting of you must remember BRICS so all the parties are involved so that is Russia China Brazil India and South Africa is chairing it because they are the president and with that other countries are also invited Saudi Arabia Argentina Egypt Ethiopia Iran and United Arab Emirates and what is on the agenda that Gaza and so forth so United States the United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres will join the meeting as well so it shows that inshallah we hope that something good will come out of this there's a lot of pressure on the Haramis on the super terrorists Israel that there must be a ceasefire that the killing can go on of children and babies and so forth and they also losing so many people that's the only time you must remember Israel will agree when they see that the Israel is bleeding and their own people are turning against them so that is what's the breaking news now so inshallah we must continue with the dua Allah Ta'ala decimate and destroy the Jutlas and the entire regime of Israel Listen to this question, Ustaz. Mufti Saab, it's Titi Zenith from Cape Town. Meals have been organized when Mufti A.K. Saab is coming. We have arranged all the Titi's excited. Please send us also your menu, Ustaz. So, mashallah, that you must remember that I didn't tell how many ladies and all that to make all this year. But anyway, majority of our students, in one way or the other, our mm. students or students' students, so out of love they do all that. So anyway, there are two, three people there. Our students, we will tell them that then I'm coming alone, mashallah. So inshallah, that whatever you'll do, some cook sisters and all that on the Sunday, I know normally. So that's very, very good. We love the Cape Town cook sisters. Mm-hmm. Remember that. Inshallah, we will contact Molana and them and all of the brothers and tell them that what is expected and what should be done, inshallah. We don't make me go overboard and all mm. that. It's not permissible. We don't like all that. Mashallah, I see all the sisters are excited. Ustad. Ustad, maybe your program for the lesson? Oh yeah, that's very good. That, mashallah, that the, the program will start on Thursday, inshallah. So Thursday night after Maghrib at Anwarul Islam, where Mohana Ilyas is, our Bai Bashir son, and that is in Rondabos East, inshallah. And then Friday, Jummah will be there but Majida Kuba where Mohana Yazid Abdul Jabbar is so Ronda Flay or whatever so that is Mitchell's plane and the Jumma will be there the talk will start at 12.45 call it to 1 inshallah Aziz. then Friday night in Qasimul Ulum we have Mohana Anwar Peters and them ah mashallah so that will be inshallah after Maghrib Falapi you know Qasimul Ulum is our Darulum there and then Saturday morning inshallah at 11 o'clock 11.15 Darun Nasiha so there there'll be a lesson on Bukhari Sharif and that is in Grassy Park so that is Saturday 11 o'clock 11.15 around there and then on Sunday there's a Jalsa there Mashallah Madrasa Al-Munzirin and that is Mona Yazid Abdul Jabbar and then Mashallah so there we will be there till about 12, till 1 o'clock I think or so so Inshallah because afternoon I have Q&A so that is our program for Cape Town this week Inshallah Ameen. Allah make it easy Ameen. and accept it Ustad, is there any way we can arrange a ladies' program in escort for all the Rivet sisters? And please bring along Haji Suleiman Esop Ustad. So we will send him that he can go and interview which one he wants to marry. You must remember <laughs> that. 
So this type of things. You got so many ulama there. I was amazed. Mm. The last time I visited, you understand, escort. So they told me, no, that one day I must have an ulama program. So I said, it's just nasiha. we all ulama, mashallah. So when I started also, I told them, there's not teacher and student. This is just discussion and a discussion among brothers and so forth. So when I started making inquiries, if I remember correctly, they told me the 34, 35 ulama day in escort. I got the shock, you know. <laughs> so what you'll need us there, we must come all the way and so forth. You just tell the local ulama yeah. there, mashallah, that Mufti Salehji is there, that Mona Riyaz Baila is there, and that Maulana Manak <laughs> and them are there. So many ulama are there. So mashallah, that you go and tell them, inshallah. For us now this year, that every weekend we're busy, and now some for next year we will see where we can go for programs, inshallah. Mm. I see somebody says, Ustad, your presence means a lot to the Rivat sisters in Escort, Ustad. Uh, inshallah, mm. we'll Allah. send Suleiman Murtad. <laughs> sometime, sometime in life you can't go, then you can't make Huzu, you make Tayammum, you know. So you can't be there, then you send your wakil, your representative. <laughs> so Suleiman will go, go single and come back double. You know, under apartheid, they used to say, so Dublin jata hai, double hawker wapas aate. People go Dublin, they come back double, you understand? So it's all true. Double barrel. Somebody says, should a bride's parents drop her off at her new home? Is there any amal to be done at this time? What should be the first thing done by the new couple who started? So you must remember that that is if they are in the same town and all that. Not mean now you are in Durban and now that your daughter got married here yeah, in Johannesburg or yeah, in Benoni or yeah, you must remember in Azadwal or somewhere in Asia. So you must come all the way to drop your daughter. No, that is just wasting time and wasting petrol and all that. So you must remember that she's married so the husband will bring her back there and so forth. So but if she gets married in Marisburg, if she gets married in Durban, she gets married in Springs or Benoni and so then you the parents take her so that's fine, there's no problem. So once, see this is the sequence of events. Then number one, the nikah. How should the nikah be performed? First you announce the nikah. nikah. That is hadith. So all the secret business is not permissible. Second one is this, the girl, the lady, the bride, she must take permission from her biological father. Not adopted father and stepfather and that. Biological father. And thereafter, now you, you select which Mulana, Imam, Sheikh, Mufti Sahib is going to perform the nikah. And then you must have two male witnesses. And then you must ascertain and con- confirm how much the mahar is. Now the day of nikah arrives. So now is the day of nikah, for example. And let's say I'm performing the nikah. So normally I'll tell them, bring the book. So I'll say that this person is the groom. We look at him, you the groom, yes. And we say this person is the wakil, the representative of the bride. Normally I advise the lady who's getting married, her father, biological father, should be the wakil. And then we have two male witnesses, so we mention all their names. Then we say the mahar is so much one Kruger coin. So we ask them that you wakil, their representative, did you receive the mahar from him, from the husband, you must remember, then he will say yes or no. So we tell him, okay, you give that money or you give that coin to the wakil, representative of the bride. And then his all systems go and we should perform the nikah, waj'aluhu fil masajid, hadith in Tirmidhi. So in the mosque, not in hotels and all these things here in civic center. And thereafter, remember, best is we have the nikah on a Friday and so forth after Asr. So like that, the duas are accepted and so forth. And then we read the khutbah and then we will ask the ladies that representative you let's say his name is what abdul hamid that did you take permission from your daughter your niece your granddaughter that she will be given in nikah to so and so let's say his name is Dawood, Dawood mota so you must remember we got one Dawood mota yeah we got suleiman mota also so Dawood mota so like that then his surname whatever it is so you must remember that then if he will say yes then he's happy she's happy then we ask him the groom you must remember that do you accept so and so 
in the daughter of so and so in lieu of the mahar you must remember then you say one kruger coin or whatever it is and he says yes then we tell him to say nakah tuha wa kabil tuha that I am married her and I accept her then we read the sunnah dua barakallahu lak wa barakallahu alayk wa jama'a baynakuma fil khair Allah hadith in Abu Dawood Allah give you barakah from all sides and directions Allah Ta'ala keep you happy for always remember you see people today get married one month six months one year two years talaq divorce all problems they cause so both parties normally are to blame or oh, one party Allah knows best you must remember anyway so that happens then now when you're going to go into khalwa in privacy so if it's same town then you must remember the parents can drop off their daughter or the ladies just go if it is nearby you know from one house to another house walking distance they just go and drop her up there when the husband and wife are alone then husband and wife will read salat together husband in front and the wife at the back and the husband will give iqama husband will give a gift to his wife let's say he gave kruger coin so now he'll give some cash 100 rand 200 rand 50 rand chocolate milk whatever and thereafter they sprinkle water on one another's forehead and forelocks Allahumma inni asaluka khairaha wa khaira ma fiha wa a'udhu bika min sharriha wa sharri ma fiha Ya Allah whatever good qualities she has let her share it Ya Allah whatever weaknesses she has so Ya Allah protect her and protect me she will do the same for the husband in any language then before you sleep and you intimate with one another you know I tell you all did one sentence some people they don't like it but I still say it you must remember that sometimes our people want to be more Catholic than the Pope, you know. So anyway, now you had six course, eight course, nine course meal, and the last course is intercourse. So you must remember, so before you become intimate and so forth, so you must read this dua mentioned in Bukhari Sharif, Bismillah. Not only for wedding night, whenever you want to become intimate, both parties, husband, wife, should read, Bismillah, in the name of Allah, Allahumma jannibna shaitan. Ya Allah, put the Satan, shaitan, far far away from us as the husband and wife and wa jannibi shaitan mazaktana and you're already thinking of the future and keep the shaitan satan far far away from the children you will bless us with so these are things you should try and do and remember and even the mahar you must remember that don't go and give now half a million and one million and all because normally when you give such amounts the intention is just to show off and this type of things and then we want to have a mega nikah and super nikah all just to show off and so forth then you see the girl comes back after one month three months how many incidents we know when you want to show off the same people you want to impress Allah Ta'ala will disgrace you in front of them Allah Ta'ala protect us last question somebody says can you advise me Ustad I'm a widow for two years I'm going to Johannesburg with my sister, we are flying. Is it permissible to start? Totally haram. You'll book your ticket, everything, and then you'll ask the question. So where's the mahram? If you say that your sister is going with her husband, so that's fine for her. But for you, who's your mahram? Your sister's husband is not your mahram. You are totally ajnabi and strangers to one another. And if you two sisters alone going, then both of you are guilty of a major, major sin. You're flying from Durban to Johannesburg, Cape Town to Johannesburg, Johannesburg, Port Elizabeth, Johannesburg, Cape Town, Johannesburg, Durban. So all that is haram. Yes, if you are flying and you got your nephew with you, your brother with you, your father with you, so there is no problem. So remember that all these are loopholes and haram it is. So you must make sincere toba or you must cancel the trip totally. So wonderful programs, inshallah. Allah Jalla Wala accepted. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. صوت أهل السنة والجماعة صوت مركز الصحابة